This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's Cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with longtime A's Special Assistant, Grady Fuson. He's the A's former scouting director. He's known as one of the top talent evaluators in the game. And he's also deeply involved in the A's player development system. So now that the 2023 season's wrapping up, we wanted to check in with Grady and get his take on the development of some of the A's top prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Grady. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good, good. Well, I know we're talking to you here in September, and uh, at this point in the calendar, I know you're out there in Arizona at the A's minor league complex for Instructs, uh, the Instructional League. And, uh, you know, maybe before we, we get started, I obviously want to ask you about some of the, the top high-profile A's prospects, but maybe you could start off by just telling people a little bit about what Instructs are all about, you know, what you, what you do down there, uh, who's down there in camp, you know, what, what this whole uh, Instructional League is all about. Yeah, Instructional League has changed quite a bit over the last, 20, 25 years. You know, there was a time where you would go a month, month and a half. Uh, now we basically go around a month. And it's, it used to be a collection of um, maybe the top 40 young prospects in your system uh, and uh, added in with some guys, that second, third year guy that you might want to tweak a pitch or an approach at the plate. Um, now, because ever since they've, you know, eliminated the short seasons, all of that, it's more or less all the first year players out of the draft. Um, there are a few guys here that have come, uh, to just really work on an extra pitch or something like that. Um, you have, uh, some of the, the kids from Latin America that played in Arizona. Uh, some of the better ones are here. Uh, but basically, it's. I think we have a total of uh, close to 50 players, and uh, uh, we're we're not playing anybody this spring. This instructionally, we decided to just inter squad ourselves, uh, so we can control things a little better. We control at bats. We control, you know, pitch counts. We can control the innings. We can control the situations. And uh, so far, it's been good. And I think one of the purposes, you know, without having to play highly competitive games every day, you have a, a better chance to just do a little more one-on-one instruction with some of these younger players, right? Yeah, exactly. The mornings are basically used for all of that. It's a lot of one-on-one uh, work, whether it be defense, hitting, uh, pitching, uh, but a lot more one-on-one coaches to player ratio. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's good. It's a, whatever they do down here does not count on the back of their baseball card. So, you know, they're a little bit more willing to 
to comply and, and try and, you know, make changes. Um, so it, it's always good camp. I, I've always really, really enjoyed instruction league. I think uh, guys are a little more uh, open to things when they know it's not going to end up on the stat sheet, right? <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> so, and I know uh, instructionally runs till around the end of the month, and then we get into the Arizona Fall League, which is which is a whole other thing. But um, I wanted to ask you about some of the now that we're you know reaching the end of this season, some of the you know top prospects as we stand now in the A system. But before getting into to the depth of the system, you know, there's a lot of uh, prospects who made their debuts with the big league club this year, given the state of affairs. And I wanted to start out by asking you about some of those guys. And, you know, I think one of the most exciting debuts we've had this year is second baseman Zach Geloff. You know, he's gotten off to a tremendous start in his major league career. And, um, you know, he moved through the system pretty quickly, always looked like a talented player. But I'm curious from your perspective to know, you know, what do you think accounts for his his success at the major league level this early? And, and you know, do you think uh, he, he's got what it takes to, to keep it going? Uh, well, yes, I do, um, which is exactly what has carried him through the system. Um, as quick as he's done, he's just, he, he's just one of those rare players that comes along that really gets, it. uh, he's into the game. He's knowledgeable. Um, he can't, you know, he's physical. It wasn't like, you know, you got to wait and put on 15 pounds and it's going to take a few years. You know, the speed's there. The strength is there. Uh, the tenacity is there. The kid loves to play. Um, when you talk to him about something, he gets it. You know, it's not a trial and error session. He he eliminates mistakes pretty quick in his game. And, you know, he, he's just – he's always had that knack. He's had a great attack move to the baseball. Uh, he we, we came to us out of the draft fairly polished as far as his pitch recognition, knowing what he wants to get after and what he doesn't. You know, the only thing that's really changed is uh, his position. Uh, from third to second, and he's done. He's done a great job with it. Well, he's certainly gotten off to a great start, like I said. So let's let's hope he keeps it up and uh, and can avoid that avoid that sophomore slump anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's played amazing. <laughs> uh, now, a guy with a, with a slightly different profile. Uh, who spent a lot of time with the big league club this year is Jordan Diaz. You know, he's got, got some raw, raw talent. You know, he can handle the bat well, but, um, you know, I know there's always been a, you know, a question about his, uh, his plate discipline, his, his selectivity at the plate. You know, when he puts the bat on the ball, he can, he can put the bat on almost any ball, but the question is, should he, you know? And so I'm quite curious to know where you think Jordan Diaz is at, you know, in terms of learning maybe a little more discipline at the major league level, which would, you know, help him be a little more uh, consistent at the major league level. Yeah, well, I think if you watch him in the big leagues, you can see those issues, uh, you know, that are not allowing him to perform a little bit better. You know, he's hitting 220. He's got a five or six homers. But the reality is that lack of plate discipline is what kind of ruins the night for him at times. Um, what carries him is this unbelievable hitting ability that we've always talked about. His hand-eye and his ability to score a baseball is is really second to none. He's got that skill. But without understanding how to control the strike zone a little bit better, how to check off pitches, how to grind and get better pitches to hit, um, 
you know, that's you're you're waiting for that thing to break through one way or the other. Uh, you know, we have another player that is exactly like him in AAA by the name of Poza. This kid is a good looking hitter, but he just swings at everything. <laughs> and even though you can perform in the minor leagues to some degree with the stuff, it catches up to you real quick in the big leagues. Right. Yeah. I guess I, sometimes having the ability to put the bat on almost every ball can, could work against you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, another exciting young player who's had a chance to make his major league debut with the A's this year is uh, Lawrence Butler, a, a guy with a lot of tools at his disposal. Uh, still a young guy uh, getting his uh, feet wet in the big leagues. But where do you feel uh, Lawrence Butler's at uh, after having the time he's had in the big leagues? Uh, you know, in a perfect world, uh, you would have liked to have seen him kind of finish out a minor league season. Um, you know, when you think about his age and things like that, but when you, when you think of where the big league club is and trying to get their eyes on as many people as they can, that we think are going to be part of the, the near future, you know, Lawrence is well-deserved to get up there and get some at bats. Um, when you look at the situation, he's kind of going through what most young guys go through, you know, it's, it's trial and error up there. It's starting to see command and filth uh, from the pitchers that you just don't see every night in the minor leagues. And they're, they're making good pitches on him. And, you know, he, there's flashes of everything he can do. And then there's, you know, then there's that bats where he kind of gets beaten up a little bit, but you know, that's, that's what most guys go through on their path to becoming pretty good big leaguers. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure it's just uh, just a matter of time with some of these guys. And like you said, given the circumstances, a lot of them are, are getting pushed into those major league debuts a little earlier than they might otherwise be, I'm sure. Um, yeah, another one of your top prospects, your former first-round pick, uh, Tyler Soderstrom, He's gotten a chance up there with the big league club as well. Obviously, he's still uh, uh, figuring things out, but uh, you know he's certainly a guy who's had success at every every level in the minor leagues. He's still just 21. What have you seen out of Tyler Soderstrom in the uh, the time that he's had in the big leagues, and and what's uh, what's left for him to figure out to to make it click? Um, he's a little bit like all these other guys about learning a little bit more of who he needs to become. And, you know, Tyler, as good as he's been in the minor leagues, it's been difficult to get him exposed day in and day out to the way they're going to pitch him in the big leagues. You know, he's always been a little aggressive, over swings, you know, hunting for the homer. And as much as we can tell him, hey, you need to calm down, you need to be, be more patient, the homers are going to come. He wants that stuff right now. So, you know, he's he's had a tough, hard time. Uh, the biggest thing is how he's going to handle it emotionally, you know, and, and, and can he not take his at-bats behind the plate? Can he not take it out to defense? Can he come every day ready to work? And uh, that's what they're finding out in the big leagues. Right, right. There's a, there's a, there's a lot more failure in the big leagues, so I guess you really have to learn how to how to deal with that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a failure game, man. <laughs> yeah. What one pitcher I wanted to ask you about is a guy who just made his major league debut with the A's, and that's uh, Joey Estes. You know, I think he may have had the uh, the best season of any pitcher in the minor league system, and um, you know, uh, he he may be at this point have made himself sort of the top 
pitching prospect at the higher levels of the system, and he's still just 21. He came over a couple years ago in the Matt Olson deal, one of the pieces that was probably less talked about. But I'm I'm kind of intrigued by young 21-year-old Joey Estes. I'm curious to hear what uh, what you've seen out of him. Yeah, he's made some good strides. He made some changes in his delivery, which has helped his command. He's not throwing uh, such you know, he never really threw a true sinker before, but he had an issue where there was a lot, lot of unintended movement to his fastball. Um, his 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 change in his deliveries are allowing him to stay behind the baseball better and locate much better than he has in the past. Slider changeups a definite uh, 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 definite average to above big league pitch. You know, yesterday you saw the the, the first outing of a 21-year-old rookie, you know, that just didn't get the ball down enough. But um, he's certainly been the healthiest prospect starter, uh, you know, we've had in a while. I mean, we've had no issues with Joey when it comes to health, his arm. And that's what has allowed him to take the ball every week and and compete and uh, do his thing. If he would have got the ball down, a little bit better yesterday. That would have helped that change-up play, an occasional slider. Uh, but I think, you know, probably a little amped up. Ball was elevated, and they homered off him quite a bit. But he's got a chance to definitely be part of the rotation in the next near future. Yeah, well, like we said, he's still just 21, and uh, I believe he's led all A's minor league pitchers in innings pitched this year. And, you know, at, at this stage of the game, it's it's nice to see a pitcher that, that doesn't spend a significant chunk of the season on the uh, on the injured list anyway. <laughs> That's why I brought up the healthiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it a lot easier to make progress when you can actually get out on the mound, right? <laughs> I have a saying down here, you can't make the club in the tub yeah (laughs) that's for sure well let me ask you about um about a few guys um at triple a who haven't yet had the chance to make their major league debut but uh, but maybe will soon and i think one of the most uh you know exciting stories this year has been uh, shortstop daryl hernias who came over from baltimore in the cole irvin deal in the offseason and uh you know we didn't know a lot about him but he's been done nothing but hit since he's uh since he's been here he's pretty much hit over 300 all season gotten on base um i'm curious to know you know uh how close you think he is to to being able to be a, a major league hitter, and also how you feel about him defensively as a shortstop, and if you feel that's a position he might be able to stick at. Yeah, well, Daryl turned out to be completely different uh, than what we first saw in spring training. Uh, the minute he got to double A and started working with Bobby Crosby, stuff started to get cleaned up, footwork, technique, uh, pre-pitch routines. Uh, and he's really come a long way defensively. Does he have the hands and the reaction uh, to stay at short, kind of on the bubble? Uh, the arm is a tad light for me personally. Um, can he play short? Yeah, he can play short. Uh, probably, probably in a way we looked at Simeon when Simeon was young. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a lot of those mannerisms. Uh, but offensively, this guy has attacked the baseball uh, as good as anybody in the system all year. Still needs to take a, look, a little step forward about controlling the strike zone, learning more about who he is, what pitch he ought to be being aggressive to. 
but he's got live hands. He can handle a lot of things around the strike zone, and he's been durable. He's been a very durable player for us. So, uh, you know, we'll see. He's closing in, and obviously we'd all like to see us have uh, one more offensive-oriented type infielder in there, whether that's yeah. short or third as we go forward. So we'll, we'll see where it takes us, you know. Yeah. He's definitely – he is definitely, uh, you know, on the board as far as the big leagues and where he's at right now. Yeah, and it certainly seems like probably one of the best hitters at AAA that hasn't had the chance to make his major league debut next year. So I'm def- definitely looking forward to, to seeing uh, him in spring training uh, next year, that's for sure. Um, you know, another interesting guy at AAA that came up from Midland uh, midway through is the third baseman, Brett Harris. Um, you know, he's a guy, none of, none of the tools pop, but, you know, he seems to do a lot of things right. And uh, a lot of uh, people mm-hmm. I talk to seem to like him. You know, I'm wondering if you think, you know, he's a guy that, that you know, even though, again, he doesn't have any, any sort of eye-popping tools, maybe a guy that might have a chance to, you know, uh, be able to show what he could do at the major league uh, level sometime in the near future. No, you said it right. He's just, you know, he's just a collection of a baseball player that's really skilled in all facets of the game. He doesn't have that one carrying tool, uh, but this guy reads the baseball well. He hits the baseball to all fields. Uh, there's enough power in there to be dangerous. He's a solid defender. Um, he's lost a little time this year. He's had a couple of injuries. Uh, right now he's getting over the concussion part of it. He's on his way down here today. He's going to be getting ready for the fall league. So uh, he's definitely a player on the upswing, um, at least for the guys in the big leagues with their eyes. You know, they really didn't know much about him until this year. We, us, been around him day in and day out, know, you know, what a good baseball player he truly is. So he's definitely going to get his opportunity. Good. That's, uh, that'd be good to see. I've, I've, I've always liked him, and pretty much everyone I feel who, who's seen him play regularly seems to like him, too. Um, uh, another interesting guy at uh, uh, AAA Vegas this year is catcher Kyle McCann, another left-handed hitting catcher. We know he made a big uh, uh, step forward offensively a couple seasons ago. And, um, you know, he's had a really, really good offensive season, uh, even for Vegas. <laughs> and I'm curious to know what, what you've seen out of Kyle McCann, um, how you feel he's uh, developed offensively, and, and how you feel he is behind the plate as well. Yeah, he's come a long way behind the plate. He's uh, really receiving well. Best I've ever seen him throw was this year behind the ball better feet underneath him, not so much movement and cut to his throws. Uh, everybody's knowing about his raw power, uh, but the last two years he's he's really put it together. He's he's doing a better job attacking fastballs and laying off, you know, breaking stuff that he struggles to hit uh, a lot better. More importantly, uh, Kyle McCann is just one of the best players in the system to be around. He's a leader. Uh, he's got some intensity slash uh, leadership. Uh, you know, he comes to the ballpark every day, ready to work, ready to have a good time. Teammates love him. Coaches love him. Uh, you know, he's just, he's really had a great transformation over the last, ever since he came out of Georgia Tech. You know, whether whether there was a bad rap on him coming out of Georgia Tech, moody, arrogant, <laughs> Those were the things that we were hearing when we signed him. When we first got him, it seemed that way. But 
the last two or three years, he's he's really changed that character and become, you know, kind of everybody's favorite in a lot of ways. Well, as we know, the A's have plenty of uh, catchers in the, in the system, but hopefully uh, Kyle McCann will get his uh, chance to show uh, what he can do before long. Uh, one final guy at uh, Vegas uh, right now is uh, Max Schumann. You know, he's a guy that always goes uh, pretty uh, overlooked, you know, uh, but he, you know, tends to tends to have about a 400 on base percentage year in year out. Plays almost every position on the field. Again, maybe you know doesn't have anything eye popping, but seems to be a seems to be a pretty good and pretty versatile player. I'm curious to know your impressions of him, and if you think you know he, he potentially has what it takes to be a useful piece in in some way at the major league level. Uh, no doubt, you know, one of the best things we did is get him to agree to become much more versatile and useful. And that's exactly what he's done the last three years. He's, he plays center, he can play third, he can play short, he can play second. Um, the quality of his at-bats uh, are on point. Uh, he's not a huge power guy, but he can drive a ball in the gaps. He's got very good instincts on the bases. He can steal a bag, uh, whether it's in Oakland or elsewhere. He's going to get his opportunity to to be somebody's, you know, useful guy off the bench, uh, utility type, versatile, uh, versatility, quality at bat, pinch hit here, pinch run there. Uh, he's, and, you know, I, I think he's due for that. Whether that's going to be here, whether that's going to be somewhere else, I think he's ready. Yeah, I'd certainly like to see uh, him get a chance to show what he could do too. Let's talk about a few guys. You've certainly had a number of uh, interesting prospects spend time in Midland Double uh, A this year, and uh, you know I wanted to start out by asking you about Denzel Clark, your former fourth round pick, a guy who was considered pretty raw, but you know he he's done nothing but hit since he's been in the system. I know he got injured uh, late in late in the year, but before that, you know he put up really really good numbers. At Midland, and I, you know, I think it's kind of surprising that the season that he had. But I'm curious to get your take on Denzel Clark and what he was able to accomplish before the uh, late season injury. Well, he was he was on his way. He was holding his own. You know, he got pushed up there. A lot of us wanted him to kind of kick it off at Lansing, but I think David, you know, really pushed because of his athleticisms and his athleticism, and you know, he's like our fifth best prospect in the system, and he's. He's put up numbers, and he walked in the middle, and he had that hellacious, unbelievable first mm-hmm. week and a half he was there, and that kept his numbers going for a while. But, you know, once he gets healthy again, we're back to, you know, just managing those at-bats, managing those moves, uh, but uber-talented, as we've talked about before, you know, with the power, the speed, the electricity, the ability to cover center. Um, so hopefully he comes out of this, you know, uh, shoulder issue, uh, healthy and ready to go to work next spring. Well, another exciting player at, uh, Midland is your former first round pick, Max Muncy. You know, he started out the season at Lansing, you know, seemed like he was having kind of a, you know, mediocre season at the plate. He went up to Midland and, and he hit much better at Midland than he did at Lansing. I think he was hitting around yeah. three, 300 when the season ended. I'm sure that that was surprising to a lot of people. But, you know, that's certainly a, a good sign anyway. He's still pretty young, uh, hitting well at the double A. But uh, tell me what you've seen out of Max Muncy. Uh, you know, basically the same. He's just starting to 
mature and be more consistent in the things he does. He's got a ton of upside when, when this thing, you know, arrives at, when he arrives at the big league level, uh, there's going to be a lot of upside to his game. So uh, keep him playing. He's, this is going to be his first, you know, winter kind of off where he can catch his breath. Uh, you know, he's going to do the fall league, but um, uh, hopefully it continues in the fall league and he gets some time to catch his breath and regroup and come back and get ready to put it together again. He's a growing player. He's getting better every stop. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously what you want to see. As long as, as long as they keep getting better, that means they're on the right path. So um, uh, another former first-round pick that finished the season at Midland was uh, catcher Daniel Susak. You know, he uh, he had a good season at Lansing. He hit really well, hit around 300 with his first full season uh, of pro ball there. Uh, and then got called up to Midland oh. in the past few weeks. Uh, but I'm curious, uh, your impressions of Daniel Susak since he's joined the system? I think he's right on par with his development. I think, I think the batting average in, in Lansing was a little distorted. He really used the opposite field a little bit more than we were hoping for. He's got a little barrel drag in there. He's still learning how to turn on the baseball and really pull the baseball correctly. But he's got an innate way of staying on line, keeping the bat in the zone, and he got a ton of hits the right side of the field so um his catching thrown good you know his size sometimes kind of gets you you know when he's blocking kind of kind of gets a little tangled but uh he's going to be fine he's going to be similar uh to mccann that way big big guys squad behind the plate but you know we're just always working we started working a lot this year at the second half of the year about him just getting in a better position to pull the baseball where hopefully eventually you're going to see his homer numbers improve. Yeah, I know there was always a lot of talk that you felt there was a lot of power potential in there. We, we haven't seen much of it yet, but I'm sure that's something you're, you're working on and hope, hoping to see develop, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a major push because we, we tell them all the time, listen, this, this power that you think you're going to have at the big league level, it, it's really the last thing to come. But being a hitter and using the middle – of the field to the opposite side is what is where the skill lies. And, uh, you know, we've got time to work on, you know, the professional move to getting to a baseball middle, middle end and elevating it. We've got time for that. So it's not something that we're, you know, jamming down his throat because we know it's going to come, but it's just something that you're, we started touching on about second half through the season. Well, you know, another hitter at Midland I wanted to ask you about is a guy uh, whose name we know well. He's been been in the system for a good a good while now, and uh, that's uh, our friend Lazaro Armenteris. You know, it's 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 been a while, and it seems like he made some uh, you know uh, some steps forward this year. Certainly with the power, um, to be getting on base plenty. Of course, we've still got plenty of strikeouts to uh, to be concerned with. But I'm curious to know if you feel that uh, Lazaro has has made a significant step forward this season. Well, he has with his character, and that was one of the big uh, issues that we were always dealing with. And he's become a solid citizen, and it showed up in the performance of his game. And, uh, you know, Bobby was surprised as well as he played. I think we all were. Uh, but uh, he, came, he came to the ballpark every day, became a good, team, became a good teammate, 
and uh, things worked out much better for him really this entire year from from Lansing to Midland. That's a, yeah, it's certainly been good to see the season he's able to have after the, after the time he's spent in the, in the system. And uh, one pitcher who finished the season at Midland that I wanted to ask you about um, is a guy who came over uh, in, a, in a trade, and we hadn't had a chance to see much of him uh, due to health issues, and that's Gunnar Hogland. And uh, he finally was able to get on the mound a bit this year, started out with Stockton, moved up to Lansing, finished the season at Midland. This has really been our first chance to get a good look at him. I'm just curious if, if you've had the opportunity to see much out of him since he's been healthy and back on the mound again. Yeah, you know, his command is there from the day he got healthy and took the mound. He's always been a strength. I think we're all sitting back and, and hoping that the stuff that he was drafted with and came with, you know, fully comes back. You know, he's basically, uh, you know, pitched in the low 90s where, you know, prior to all this, he was a 95-mile-an-hour guy. You know, if he can get some of that velocity back, it's going to sharpen his breaking ball. He loves his slider, uh, but he's always been a command guy. So whether it ends up being 90 to 94 or, 92 to 95, you know, that's what we're here to see and watch and follow. And, and hopefully he's, he's got these injuries behind him and he's ready to step up and, and get ready for a full year next year. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, stay healthy and show what he's capable of. All right, I wanted to wrap up by asking you about a handful of uh, uh, A-ball guys uh, who kind of stood stood out in, uh, on the radar for me anyway. And uh, one of them I wanted to ask you about was a draft pick from last year, and that's outfielder Colby Thomas. He started out at Stockton, uh, spent the second half in Lansing, seems to have had a pretty good uh, season with the bat, but still pretty new to the system. So I'm curious to get your impressions and, and find out what, what you've seen out of Colby Thomas this season. Yeah, he's a little man with big man skills. He's got snap. He's got uh, plenty of exit velo. This guy can leave the ballpark anywhere. Um, very raw defensively, and that has improved. Uh, he's a plus runner. He's aggressive on the bases. He's a gamer. He loves to play. Um, but as we mentioned all the time, controlling the strike zone becomes, you know, an issue, even though you look at the core numbers and the core numbers really look like he went nuts in Lansing, but his walk rate was much lower in Lansing. His strikeout rate was higher. Uh, but when you look at his numbers, he hit 300, he hit 10 or 12 homers, whatever it was. And, uh, so he just he, he just needs to understand how to slow the game down a little bit for himself. And when he does that, his plate coverage, his recognition is going to get a lot better. And those numbers got a chance to change, it, you know, change the route. But uh, one of our top players, um, exciting guy, puts it all together. Well, uh, you know, this year's uh, top draft pick for you was shortstop Jacob Wilson, and uh, he uh, spent time at Lansing this year as well and seemed to seemed to handle the bat pretty well there. Uh, I think uh, he went down with an injury late in the season, uh, but I'm curious to know what you saw out of uh, Jacob Wilson, your, your top draft pick this year while he was on the field there in Lansing. Um, as advertised, I mean, the guy's really a good defender. He reacts well to baseball. He can make the EA the ESPN play, uh, loves playing, happy kid, uh, has different moves at the plate, has a lot of action, a lot of bounce. Uh, 
a lot of bounce going with his hands, and then he digs deep. But he's got leverage. He gets into his legs. Um, there's not a whole lot left this kid really needs to do except improve some strength. You know, he's never really done anything in a weight room his whole career. And if he can get a little stronger, I think it's going to give us a better idea of maybe where the power ends up. Mm-hmm. You know, right now he looks a little bit more like a singles, double, occasional pull homer guy. But if this guy can get a little stronger, a little bit more physical and watch it come off the bat, we'll, we'll know a little bit more there. But I can tell you this, my, my quick look between Lansing and down here and instructs this kid's got a chance to come quick. Yeah, that's always uh, that's always good. Uh, <laughs> uh, taking the Zach Geloff route is 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 always nice if they can. <laughs> yeah. um, now, uh, Jacob Wilson was your your top pick this year. Your second pick was a guy out of high school, Miles Naylor, with a little uh, a big league pedigree in his family. Uh, I know he was uh, uh, a shortstop, and I think there was talk of moving him to third. You know, somewhere there on the left side of the infield seems to be where where he's destined. And uh, he spent a little time at Stockton, got off to a bit of a bumpy start, still a, a very young kid. But uh, again, curious to get your first impressions of uh, young infielder Miles Naylor. Uh, everything's been very positive. Um, like you said, he's, he's, <clears throat> he's got the genes with that family. And, and uh, you know, obviously there's, there's big brothers in his ear about everything. But this, this kid's got good hands. He can really throw. And he's got some juice. He's putting on a clinic down here. We're doing a lot of situational uh, competitions off a machine. And this guy's going off the wall every other at bat. I mean, he's he's very advanced when it comes to uh, the exit velo and the launch and how uh, the ball comes off the bat. Um, So, you know, will he end up at third someday? Who knows? I mean, he's going to be a big, big kid. There's no doubt about it. He's he's young. He's a teenager. He's he's fleshy now, but there's going to come a time in the next two or three years where his body's going to turn into a man, and and we'll see where it goes. I mean, you know, you can't have eight shortstops playing shortstop in the big leagues, <laughs> and uh, you know, between all these guys we've taken lately, and and so at some point though, it's it's going to be good. There's definitely impact ability with them. And uh, so, you know, little by little, we just we keep plugging away and watching this kid grow up. Yeah. And and the final guy I wanted to ask you about who spent the season at Stockton, another uh, very young guy is outfielder Henry Bolte. You know, I, I know you guys spent some time down there in Arizona sort of reworking his whole swing for a while before you sent him out um, to Stockton. And, uh, you know, he certainly seems to have had a, a very uh, solid, very productive season with the bat. Uh, there in Stockton this year. So I'm, I'm curious to know how you feel about the, the progress of a uh, young prospect, Henry Bolte. Really proud of the kid. I mean, there's not too many 18 year olds anywhere that walk into the college and do what he did um, night after night for, you know, 140 game season. He stayed healthy. He plays the game with his hair on fire. He loves coming to the ballpark. He's got big upside skills with, power, arm strength, speed. Um, you know, we were concerned early, uh, you know, closing in on getting ready to leave camp. 
there were issues. And we finally just told them, listen, you go get on that velo machine. And when you can start hitting it, then we're going to talk hitting. And he did. He stood in front of that 95 mile an hour velo machine. And he just kept going in there and going in there and going in there until he touched it. And we left, if you remember, we left him in Arizona a little bit at the beginning of the year until we trust, you know, trust the fact that, you know, this guy's going to be able to hold up under velocity. And even though he had some strikeouts, uh, you know, the bottom line is this kid walked in there, hit 250, 260, hit double digits in Homer, double digits in stolen bases, uh, played a solid defense, can really throw. And everywhere, every time you went to Stockton, if there were scouts in the ballpark, that was that was the guy they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it certainly looked like you couldn't have hoped for a better season out of a young Henry Bolte than than you got at Stockton this year. So that was great to see. Uh, I guess the instructs are wrapping up uh, by the end of the month, and then we've got the uh, Arizona Fall League. I think starting in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I th- if I'm correct, I think Max Muncy and and Brett Harris are are going to be there in the uh, AFL for you this year. Uh, are you going to be down there for the Arizona Fall League as well? I'll come by. Yeah, I usually come in for a, a good solid week, spend time with our kids. I don't, you know, I'm not there the whole time, but I'll definitely come down somewhere in the middle of it and give them all a good look, yeah, see well, where we're at. Well, it'll be exciting to see uh, uh, how the A's prospects fare in the Arizona Fall League this offseason. There's plenty of uh, uh, intriguing players coming up through the system to keep an eye on, and we always appreciate uh, your insights on these guys. Uh, you obviously have your eyes on them as much as anyone, and uh, uh, we, we appreciate and value your insights. So thanks again for your time, Grady. Well, thank you, Billy, and we'll talk soon. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.